gather. Welcome to church. Thanks for being with us today. My name is Josh and I'm the pastor here. Uh, before we get started with our teaching, we're going to do like we always do and participate in our confession of faith. Uh, this is an open declaration of the kind of faith we want to have and the kind of community we want to be. And so I'll say this confession of faith on our behalf and then I'll speak a prayer for us. So gather, this is the faith we are seeking. We are seeking an expansive faith. We believe our theological system should always be growing wider and including more. We are seeking a faith rooted in the person and the practice of Jesus. We believe Jesus is God and is worthy of our worship and our imitation. We are seeking a faith built on a foundation of theological minimalism. We believe in holding tight to the first things of faith and living open-handed with the rest. We are seeking a faith marked by curiosity. We believe we should always have more questions than we do answers. And we are seeking a faith filled with compassion. We believe our beliefs are never more important than the person right in front of us. So gather as we prepare to open the scriptures today, let's say a prayer. God, we are here as seekers, not seeking answers, but seeking wisdom, not seeking doctrine, but seeking a way of life inspired by the radical love of Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, so if, if you've been around a little bit, this may not come as a surprise to you, but uh, I'm a little bit of a nerd, and um, like I like I have a master's degree in the Bible, and in case you're wondering, that is the nerdiest thing you can get a, uh, a master's degree in. So today, I'm really excited about our, our conversation today, about my teaching today, but I just, I want to let you know that I will admit that this may not be exciting for everyone. Like, I'm, I'm self-aware enough to know that this is my thing, it may not be your thing, but I'm excited, okay? I'm pumped. Uh, are you are you ready? Okay, so today I want to have a conversation about expanding our theological imagination. It's fun, right? Uh, I know you've been laying in bed thinking about your theological imagination, so this is perfect timing. Uh, but seriously, maybe you wouldn't describe it that way, uh, but you have a theology. You have a way that you imagine God to be. Uh, and here at Gather, we usually say that our theology is the story we tell ourselves about God. And we all have a story we tell ourselves. Uh, your story may be that you don't know if God exists. That's a story we tell ourselves about God. Uh, I have a new friend that I met with this week, and he said that he had always imagined God to be an old, angry man with a stick. Right? That's the story he told himself about God. It was his theology. And we all have that. We all have a theology. We all have a story we tell ourselves about God. We imagine God to be a certain way. And here's what I think about most of our theology, about your theology, about my theology. Just here's what I think about our collective theology, our collective way that we imagine God. It's too small. It's too small. And this is why we say every week that we want an expansive faith, because our ideas and our imagination about God needs to get bigger and bigger and bigger over and over and over again, right? Our theological imagination should be always ever expanding, right? God is never smaller than we previously thought. God is always bigger. God is always more loving, more inclusive. And so, of course, God isn't uh, a man. Of course, God isn't white. Of course, God isn't angry. But this is often how we imagine God to be just too small. We need an ever, always expanding theological imagination. And just as a disclaimer, 
Most folks like this idea about God being bigger than we can imagine. It sounds good. And we're like, well, of course, we worship this thing, this deity. It's a higher power. It is higher than us. It's bigger than we can imagine. Um, we like this idea until it challenges our current set of beliefs. And so today, as we talk about having an expanding theological imagination, it might feel a little challenging for you. So I, just, I want you to know I understand, and you may not agree with everything that I say today, but it's for the sake of our expansion, that our understanding our ideas about God could maybe, hopefully, get a little bigger. And so today we'll be in John 14. We're going to look at one single verse and really one phrase inside of one single verse that is very popular, that has been largely, I think, misunderstood and misused to create a really small view of God. So we're going to look at this famous verse um, and hopefully we'll grow and expand. So in John 14, Jesus and his disciples, they're still in the upper room where they were celebrating the Last Supper together. So they've had this religious and spiritual experience with Jesus. And then Jesus washes all of their feet. And then he does uh, this teaching. And um, in, in this teaching, he says in chapter 14, verse 6, it says, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. My guess is you've heard this. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's pretty familiar. It's also beautiful and important. And I want to focus really on the last half of this. No one comes to the Father except through me. And I don't want to speak uh, on your behalf today, so I'll just speak about my personal experience. So for, in, for me, in my life, I've thought of this verse largely in terms of ex exclusivity. That Jesus is making a statement about being exclusive. Right? I was taught that this was kind of like Jesus saying, um, I'm heaven's bouncer. And if you want in, you've got to come through me. Right? That was my theological imagination. I imagined that heaven had one doorway. And that Jesus stood in the doorway in front of God. Like if you peeked over Jesus' shoulder, you might kind of see God in the background. And Jesus is standing in the doorway and Jesus, you know, he's got long hair in the robe and he's probably white or like white adjacent. And God is behind him. God's an old man with a beard. And Jesus is saying, if you want to get in, you've got to come through me. And so the way I both understood and then applied this verse was Jesus about Jesus being exclusive. Right? You had to go through this one guy. And this is really a, a, a verse about scarcity, that it's limited. There's one doorway one person you go through. It's scarcity and it's exclusive. And really, that's so small. That's a small way to think about Jesus. But I don't think, um, I don't think what Jesus is doing here or, or, or saying here has anything to do about insulating God or making it harder for us to get to God. I don't think it's, it's Jesus making a claim about his exclusivity I think Jesus is making a claim about himself and really about God that is so much bigger and better and more beautiful than any kind of scarcity or exclusivity. This, what Jesus is doing, it's a kind of summary of all the things that Jesus has said about himself in the last about five chapters. So when Jesus says things like, I'm the light of the world, I, I'm that which you see everything. This is kind of a, a, the, a thesis statement. I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And this kind of thesis statement, I just can't get on board with the idea that the God of the universe, the creator of all things, that which holds all things together, that that God would come to earth in the flesh, 
to limit the love of God. Like, like surely God didn't humble himself to death, even death on a cross, to remind us of the scarcity of our eternal acceptance. Here's what I see here. So first, I think we just get thrown off by the words, no one and accept. And that happens a lot when we read the Bible. Our, our brains make a, like snap associations, you know, and that's normal. And so when we see no one, we immediately create or have in us kind of rise up a scarcity mindset. We just default. And so because that happens, because when we see no one, we think scarcity, I think we should just hear Jesus' teaching a little bit different today. I think we should hear it like this. Instead of no one comes to the Father except through me, I think you should hear it like this. Everyone who comes to the Father comes through me. Everyone who comes to the Father comes through me. That's what Jesus is saying. Just opens up our mind a little bit, right? It's the same meaning, but it just allows us to see this in in a new way. Everyone who comes to the Father comes through me. It's not scarcity. It's abundance. It's for everyone. And Jesus is calling God Father here, which, which Jesus does in the Gospels, which doesn't help us when we imagine God to be an old man with a long white beard. But we don't actually believe that God is like one single man who lives in the sky. Christian orthodoxy, which orthodoxy may not be a common phrase for you, that's okay. It's the the common, widely accepted beliefs of Christians over the last 2,000 years. Christian orthodoxy would say that God is omnipresent. Maybe that's a new word for you. It means that God is present everywhere. Not one single guy in the sky watching us on like a million security cameras. God is present everywhere. That somehow in the power of God, God simultaneously transcends time and space and is also present everywhere at all times. In other words, there is no place or time where God is not. There is no place or time where God is not. God is everywhere. There's no scarcity and no exclusivity because God is available everywhere. Listen, today we're trying to expand our theological imagination, okay? We don't want a small God. And Jesus isn't talking here about exclusivity or scarcity. Hear this. This is what Jesus is saying. Everyone who experiences God has encountered Jesus. It's like if you said, to make it to space, you have to go through the atmosphere. It's just true. To when you experience God, you have encountered Jesus. It's just, it's just true. Everyone who breathes has oxygen fill their lungs. Everyone who sees does so by light. Everyone who experiences God has encountered Jesus. And God is available everywhere. Everywhere. And what that means is that Jesus isn't heaven's bouncer. God doesn't need a bouncer because God can't be contained or fenced in or limited. God is expansive. God's love is never-ending. God's presence is eternal. And when Jesus says that if you encounter that expansive reality, that never-ending love, then you have encountered him. When you encounter God, you have experienced Jesus. Jesus isn't protecting God. Jesus is reflecting God. When God looks in the mirror, God sees the face of Jesus. All that inclusion and love and compassion that Jesus shows in his ministry is a reflection of the expansive and never-ending love of God. Jesus is not heaven's bouncer. Jesus is not protecting God. Jesus is reflecting God.
uh, almost 15 years ago now, I spent a summer in Tokyo, Japan as an intern to Southern Baptist missionaries. Uh, I told you I was a nerd. And we did a lot of not great stuff. And um, one of the more harmful things we did is we visited the Sensoji Temple. It's the oldest and most popular temple, uh, most popular Buddhist temple in Tokyo. It was completed in the year 645. It's a five-story, really massive, really beautiful structure. And we, a bunch of white American Baptist teenagers, really, um, we showed up at the temple to pray and to read scripture out loud, very loud, in the temple, inside the temple. And at minimum, it was arrogant and disrespectful. It was just wrong. But we use this verse from John 14 to reinforce our theology that God and God's kingdom had a bouncer named Jesus. And if we cared about these wonderful people from this beautiful culture, and we didn't want them to be tortured for eternity, then we would need to warn them about heaven's bouncer that wouldn't let them in unless they believed in just the right way. We were offering a snap judgment, a kind of purity test on who in the world believed the right way. Of course, we did. We were right. And they were wrong. We were protecting the process that we thought Jesus was started. We thought Jesus was heaven's bouncer, and we stood in front of Jesus and said, you're going to have to go through him if you want to get in. But God was and is present in the Sinsoji Temple in the Asakusa neighborhood of Tokyo. Just like God is present in the Heights Theater, and God is present right where you are, and God is present in my living room today, we never need to bring God or bring Jesus anywhere or to anyone. God never hides. God doesn't hide behind the Bible not behind purity or right belief. God doesn't hide behind Jesus. God is present and available everywhere. And that is actual good news. It is so much more beautiful. It is so much better than I hope heaven's bouncer lets you in. God is present everywhere. And anytime you experience God, you have encountered Jesus. Jesus is present in all of it. So you don't have to protect God. You don't have to stand in front of Jesus as he protects God. God is not so small that God needs your protection. And God is not so small that you can carry God around from place to place like you own him. Offer no purity test in order to determine if the world is believing or behaving the right way. Instead, be a reflector of God's expansive, never-ending love and compassion and grace reflect mercy and kindness and inclusion into the world, not so that you get into heaven or that you can convince someone else to, but because you actually care about the world around you. Be a reflector, not a protector. So for you, how have you imagined God? What is your theological imagination? Maybe it's an old, angry white man in the sky. Uh, What is it? How do you imagine God? What is the story you tell yourself about God? And I wonder in what ways have ideas like scarcity and exclusivity clouded your understanding of God? Maybe you've imagined God to be so small that you have to protect God, that you defend God, 
Or maybe you feel like you're responsible for bringing God to places. Maybe you've used that language. We need to bring Jesus into this neighborhood. I think, I think a lot of times we shrink God so small we can fit him in our pocket and carry him around. Like somehow God is portable. Just too small. Maybe you thought of God as hidden. Maybe that's your scarcity coming out in your theological imagination. That you think you need to find God somewhere. I finally found God as if God is hidden. And then for you, how could you expand your view of God? Maybe it just means stop protecting. You know, a lot of times we keep other people out. We think that's for God's sake, but it's really just our bigotry. And as you seek to expand your theological imagination, you'll realize that all those lines and all those walls that you were using to keep people out were never drawn or built by God. They were drawn by us. And if your God is too small, you might need to ask yourself if you've imagined a God in your own image. We need to expand. Often, our understanding, our imagination about God is so small, but there is no scarcity. There's no exclusivity. God is everywhere. And Jesus reminds us that every time we experience God, we have encountered Jesus. A couple of years ago, uh, there's a small town in Minnesota where residents for years had been releasing their unwanted pet goldfish into the like neighborhood lake. It was a small town. So they're just, it was just a thing that kids did and really parents did. Right? Instead of flushing the goldfish down the drain, they took these two three-inch goldfish and they, they dropped them in the town lake. And then all at once, the lake started having some like real environmental problems. Right? The fish were dying and water quality was dropping off all of a sudden. And so the Parks and Rec Department did some investigation and they realized that there had grown to be monster goldfish, is what they named them, uprooting this natural habitat of the lake. And they caught almost 30 of these goldfish that were like this long like a couple feet long. They grew from, from two to three inches to a couple feet long. Because goldfish grow to the size of their habitat. So if you keep them in a 12-inch bowl, they'll stay two inches. And if you drop them in the town length, they'll grow to two feet. And for you, the expansion of your faith, the expansion of your theology, will begin when the constraints are finally lifted, when the walls of your theological systems are broken down. When those imaginary lines are erased, that's when your faith will start to expand. God can't be contained or fenced in or limited. God is expansive. God's love is never ending. God's presence is eternal. And you need an expansing, loving, present theology to reflect out into the world. Think about all we've discovered and learned about our world in just like the last hundred years. And the more we discover about our world, the more we realize how much we don't actually know. Think to yourself, if there has ever been a scientist, an explorer who hosted a press conference to announce that there is less to the world than we originally thought. 
less mystery, less to explore, less to discover. No. We only ever learn that there is more. Since the universe exploded into existence billions of years ago, the entire universe has been expanding, reaching out, cells and stars growing. It extends far beyond what we can see and we don't even know how far it goes. And since the love of God has exploded into our world and into your life, it has been reaching out, expanding. It's cellular and it's spiritual and it extends so far beyond what we can see. And no pastor or theologian or monk or faithful grandma or Sunday school teacher has ever stood up in front of people and declared that there is less to God than we previously thought, that there's less beauty or less inclusion or less justice. There has always only been more to be discovered about God, more to be experienced, more to be wrapped up in. Everything is expanding. And so should you. And so gather, this is my prayer for us today. Embrace all the changes you've already made, from single cell to whole and wonderful human being. You are made to expand. Experience God everywhere and in everything, and trust that every time you experience the divine, you have encountered Jesus. Amen. Gather, thanks for being with us today. Go in peace.